Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it. And so will I. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jeffrey, welcome back to Night Falls. Come, settle in for tonight's calming meditation and soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Come, Join me beside the fire as I reminisce on the wonderful far-flung experiences, people, and travels that shaped my connection to nature, teaching me everything I know about living off the land. The winding path I have taken through life and across the globe has led me here to establish a life amongst the wilderness of nightfalls, growing vegetables and herbs, foraging plants and sleeping under the stars. Before we get lost in the twists and turns of time gone by, let's take a moment to relax. 
coming to a comfortable position. Allow your eyes to drift closed. Focus your attention on the warmth that radiates off the campfire in nightfalls. And try to picture it in your mind's eye as it quietly crackles away. Lying there relaxing, perhaps you can feel its gentle heat beginning to sink into your muscles and relax them. As the warmth ebbs into your skin, feel your head and neck release into the soft pillow beneath you and your shoulders sink deeper into the bed supporting them. Allow your spine to fall back into alignment and feel your hips beginning to open, the tension stored up in them dissipating as the heat that radiates off the campfire swells at your core. In the restorative warmth that ebbs off the campfire, feel your muscles lengthening and loosening as years of physical and emotional tension is drawn out of them by the heat. Take the opportunity to breathe deep and enjoy a moment of stillness all to yourself. All there is for you to do is breathe in and out, each breath drawing you nearer and nearer still to the peace and relaxation you desire. Inhale deeply and sigh out in relief as you find yourself free of tension and drifting deeper and deeper into a state of relaxation. Now, if you're feeling ready, allow me to tell you a little about my youth. I've been living here in my shelter beneath the stars of nightfalls for a long time now. And I'm happy to say I've learnt to live pretty self-sufficiently. In the years before I discovered the falls, I did my best to live somewhat off the land, growing some little stunted carrots and brewing some overly bitter beer, cultivating herbs in my window box when living in a city apartment all those years ago. The air wasn't so fresh there, and the soil wasn't so fertile, but I did my best. Spending so much time in the wilderness, I've been pushed and challenged to learn the lay of the land and live as a functioning part of this. Thankfully, 
very abundant ecosystem. Through trial and error, I've been able to grow, forage, pickle and preserve the very best and most delicious parts of what nature has to offer. It isn't always easy connecting yourself to the land in this way, but I've always felt the benefit of it. There's a certain satisfaction found in the mastery of day-to-day processes and pleasure to be gained from enjoying your own productivity. I will always remember the snow peas I used to eat from my mother's garden and could swear I have never eaten peas like them. So fresh and sweet and full of the flavour of summer. She would grow them up the garden fence on bamboo sticks and we would check in on the shoots as their delicate tendrils curled up around the poles, reaching across the slats in the fence, until they were ready to flower their delicate white petals. I would visit the plants to see their furry green pods grow every day, as spring turned to summer, as they swelled and began to bulge with smooth, sweet peas. I would crunch on a few, raw, crouching at the bottom of the garden in the sun, as I gathered them in a bowl to take into my mother. We would stand there together in the kitchen as the radio played, shelling the peas into porcelain bowls watching the heap of empty pods pile up on the counter. I tried to grow my own peas later in life, but they never seemed to do as well. They were nibbled to shreds by peckish mice, wilted by overwatering, or dried out by the sun. It is a privilege now to find myself having the time, space and patience to tend my crops with care and see them grow tall and healthy under my watch. I look over my patch now and it is thriving big fluffy cauliflowers, vibrant orange pumpkins and purple gourds. Small shrubs droop with the weight of vibrant purple aubergines and juicy green courgettes. I still feel a boyish excitement every time I turn the soil with my shovel and unearth a huge flowery potato each bigger than the last, 
and ready to roast on the fire. Not only have I learnt to grow my crops, but I have also learnt to take from the abundance of nature here at nightfalls too. I sometimes bring with me to the falls a special encyclopedia which taught me to recognize native plants, fruits, vegetables, fungi, and nuts. This book has proved invaluable to me, leading me to taste all sorts of delicious foods. I carefully and attentively identified wild mushrooms, edible roots, and sweet berries. I took clippings of wild sage, parsley, and lemon balm, and began planting my own herb garden in the clearing I call home. One day, I fell upon a rather special plant that sent my thoughts whirring and brought back a special memory. I was carving out a new walking trail down through one of the deeper valleys near the falls and took a break from the sun amongst some of the thicker foliage. A vaguely familiar herbaceous smell drifted from behind me. And there it was, amongst the usual shrubbery, a huge bush with deep green leaves, shaped like cartoon hearts. Kawakawa leaves. I have no idea how it came to grow there. I hadn't seen this plant for years, and I had only ever seen it far from here, on the other side of the world, in fact. It triggered a pleasant flow of memories to drift through my mind. I learnt of the plants in some faraway Alps. It was summer, and the sun was hot, yet immutable glaciers sat shimmering on the mountain tops that rose around me. I was in the midst of a hike, particularly rewarding and challenging multi-day tramp that saw me strapping a tent to my back, packing dehydrated food and a water filter, and heading into the wilderness on a well-trodden but seemingly untouched path through rugged mountains. It was my third day, and I emerged from my tent, which I pitched in a quiet clearing. There had been another tent set up there when I arrived, but its inhabitant had already been snoozing within. I began the morning with a cup of steaming green tea, 
watching the reflection of a craggy mountain, shimmering in the silvery tarn. I was so lost in thought that I hadn't heard the other camper emerge from their tent, jumping when she came and sat down next to me. She laughed and apologized for having startled me and introduced herself as Maya. She was older than me and her eyes were crinkled and full of joy. She looked like she had enjoyed a lot of sun in her life and had lean, well-exercised muscles. We chatted for a while about the track. She'd been hiking for much longer than me, having covered trails almost the length of the country. She said this section was one of her favourites. The air was so clean here, and the bush so thick, and you could see for miles and miles. She planned on walking south from here, towards the sounds, where bushy mountains rose and fell steeply from the blue ocean. Waterfalls poured down the rock face there, and it rained almost all year round. It was reportedly like arriving on another planet, lush and striking, where the mountains seemed to defy gravity in their steep ascents and descents, seemingly bobbing unmoored in the ocean. This was the same direction as I was heading. We decided to walk the next portion together. I'd enjoyed the quiet of hiking through the countryside on my own the last few days, but it was nice to have company. Maya was kind and curious. She told me about this country of hers, and I told her of mine on the other side of the globe. We defended into a valley and took a dip in a wide, mirror-flat lake, icy from the gently melting glaciers, which were liquefying slightly for the summer months. Climbing up the next craggy rock face, we passed through some woodlands, and here... Maya stopped in her tracks, grabbed me gently by the arm, and shushed me. I quietened mid-sentence and followed her gaze into the trees. Not three meters away, looking out at us from the trees, was a large alpine parrot with a plump body and round beak. Akia. I wouldn't have spotted it myself as the green sheen of its feathers blended into the foliage. I'd heard the Kia's squawk echoing through the mountains and heard tales of their mischievous nature and tendency to peck holes in hikers' tents looking for nibbles. It was a beautiful bird 
We watched it for a while, as it pecked and climbed up the tree. When it finally took off to soar across the valley, we caught a flash of its vibrant orange and yellow from the underside of its wings. Once the Kia had left, Maya reached out to a plant which had been wrapped around the base of the Kia's perch. It was a kawakawa, she told me. We collected the heart-shaped leaves and following Maya's instruction, I boiled a pan of water. We soaked the leaves to make a delicious tea. It was herbal and peppery and revitalizing. Throughout my remaining travels on that side of the world, whenever I passed a kawakawa bush, I would gather a couple of leaves and toast a mug to Maya, the special friend I met in passing, far away from home. It would be years thereafter until I tasted kawakawa again by unexplainable chance in nightfalls. I often wondered how the kawakawa came to grow here, tucked away in the wilderness, far from its native land. That wasn't the first time I found unusual plants growing in nightfalls. A few weeks later, on a particularly hot and humid summer's day, I stumbled on an exceptionally lush and green clearing. The plants were thicker and more tropical here in this clearing which was being beaten down upon by a hot orange sun. Their leaves were shiny with unexplainable dew, waxy and large, often cupped to hold small reservoirs of rainwater. This strange little jungle was home to the most unusual tropical crops, ones that I recognised again from faraway lands. Identifying the plants, I pulled up the roots of turmeric and galangal, gnarled and dusted with dirt, which, once cleared, shone in vibrant orange and yellow. I clipped some wild holly basil, bringing it to my nose to inhale its sweet yet spicy licorice scent. Crops of coriander grew tall and spindly, but laden with dark, spiky leaves. A tall banana tree rose out of the dusty grass of the clearing, which bore no fruit. I gathered some of its strong leaves and smiled at the memories of all those times I had eaten sweet noodles and spiced papaya from bamboo plates wrapped in this vibrant leaf. These crops, too, were out of place. They reminded me of hot, tropical lands, 
Once, I had been traversing the mountains in the north of Thailand on a small, rusty moped, which wheezed and complained with each hill. With some care, control, and gentle coaxing, however, this little vehicle had taken me all over the country, and I wouldn't have dreamed of upgrading her. She had spluttered to a stop at a rustic restaurant on the brow of a hill near my Hong Son, and I thought I'd leave her to take a break and catch her breath in the shade in a purpose-built scooter garage cobbled together from tarpaulin and corrugated iron. The restaurant was nestled into thick rainforest with a wooden terrace stretching along its front to look out over the hazy forested hills that spread from here to the horizon. A couple sat there, one sipping from a glass of lemonade and the other from a frosted beer bottle, shiny helmets poised on the bar in front of them. Monstera plant sat in orange pots by the entrance, their huge, shiny, fan-like leaves bowed slightly, reflecting the hot sun's rays. Posters on the walls advertised bars and bands, events that would occur in the small towns nearby. I took one of the wicker stools, dangled my helmet from a hook on the underside of the bar, and looked out over the mountains. Before long, a woman emerged to take my order. She already had in hand a large glass of icy water, which she handed me with a smile. I ordered a bowl of yellow curried noodles and a soda, and drank the water gratefully as she headed back into the building. Not too long later, she re-emerged with the dish, which I immediately dug into. It was delicious, and I told her so. She sat down on the stool next to mine, and introduced herself as Prani. She chatted with me whilst I ate, She began by teasing me about the roaring din that had been emitted by my little scooter before it had spluttered to a stop under her window. We went on to talk about her business and my odd jobs, about her love for these mountains, and about the home and garden she had built here, the fruits of which had gone into making my meal. I asked to see it, and she happily welcomed me through. She led me through the back of the restaurant and into the garden, which stretched back into the forest beyond. She introduced me to her husband, who was playing with our young child on the patio, with a little wooden train 
that they would take turns chugging along the paving stones. The child would laugh with a heartwarming, melodic giggle, and I could see the love in his father's eyes as he chugged the train even louder in response. The garden was bountiful and wild, with thick tangles of plants that I had never seen before. Prani led me around the path, pulling leaves from shrubs for me to taste, instructing me to roll them between my fingers to release their sweet and spicy scents. She handed me a tiny eggplant the size of a grape, the likes of which I had never seen. She showed huge curly-leaved cabbages and explained her techniques to pickle them. She pulled ruby-red pointed chilies from a small tree and put them in her pockets to take to the kitchen. We laughed together as we toured and as I confessed my lack of knowledge surrounding these ingredients. As I spent longer in that country, my knowledge grew and grew. I made a few friends in a small jazz bar in Chiang Mai, who invited me for many home-cooked meals, most of them delicious. I visited endless restaurants in Bangkok, finding that the most amazing ones were the small, family-run places nestled into the back alleys where they plucked herbs from the window boxes and everybody ate barefoot, seated on cushions around low tables. I ate street food from flaming barbecues perched on little plastic chairs on the roadside. Pranny had set me off in a curiosity to try everything the world had to offer. I returned to Prani's restaurant as much as I could whilst in the area, and soon Prani and her family became good friends of mine. I still hear from her from time to time, and I will be sure to visit them again if I find myself in that corner of the world or if she should find herself in mine. She on occasion sends me recipes, and I am grateful for all of the flavours and tastes she has introduced me to, although I never had access to the fresh ingredients that I needed to make them, until I stumbled on Nightfall's tropical clearing. Who could have transported and planted these crops in such a distant and different ecosystem? It seemed unlikely that Nightfalls was home to a mystery gardener. They decided not to make themselves known to me. It seemed to me almost as if these gardens had been born of my memories, and left to grow wild and vibrant in untouched havens, deep within the tranquil, untrampled bush of nightfalls. It felt like they had been waiting to be discovered and propagated. 
and brought into my garden in the clearing. I now have quite the garden, not as gloriously abundant and unruly as Prani's, but equally rewarding. I enjoy tending to the plants. The true magic in this world is found in nature, in the slow processes that allow something beautiful to grow from almost nothing. It is remarkable. Seeds germinate in the soil until the smallest shoot begins to appear. The shoot grows, strengthening itself and pushing upwards to the sun, generating leaves and buds, eventually to burst into blooms and fruits, eventually generating seeds once more to begin the process all over again. It is a feat of brilliance and determination which often goes overlooked, unacknowledged, until one day we look from our windows and sigh, since the hedge needs trimming again. Returning my attention to nature and encouraging its wild growth, I have been surprised by its power and poignancy, growth and regeneration is truly a special power which nature and I strive towards together a trowel and pair of shears in hand I have grand plans for this clearing I have saplings lined up in an imaginary orchard one day there should stand a mighty chestnut tree an apple tree and an orange tree. In many years, a cherry tree will litter the clearing with pale pink blossom in the spring. There will be pears and figs, and, should nightfalls work its magic, avocados, mangoes, and olives too, to be crushed into fragrant oil. It is comforting to be able to dream about what may come, but with no power to hurry along the process. Gardener has to be patient after all. No amount of watering or feeding, pruning or potting will spur on the growth of that chestnut tree enough for me to notice. Nature takes its time, but who knows? The magic of the falls, or even the mystery gardener, may help things along. Now, just about everything I eat comes from the soil. Nature has so many varied things to offer me. I remember once taking a tour of a garden with a keen herbalist deep in the English countryside. We were surrounded by rolling meadows, buzzing with bees and dotted with bleating sheep. One stone cottage stood on the hill, 
the thatched roof and picket fence. It was nestled between golden fields and long grasses, with purple thistles and delicate white flowers. The breeze sent the grass swaying gently in a rippling synchronicity across the hills. Had my Wellington boots on, having stomped through mud from my campsite over the hill, I'd met the herbalist at a small cosy pub the evening before, where we chatted over a beer. We both sat on velvet stools along the shining wooden bar, soaking in the warmth of the fire nearby. He soon introduced himself as David, and we got talking. I had been so interested in David's work that he invited me over the next day to take a tour of his little haven in the hills nearby. We had said goodnight, and I returned to my camp on the moor, where I was soothed to sleep by gentle raindrops dripping on my tent. When I awoke the next morning, the sky was blue and the sun was sparkling on the damp grass, and there was a freshness to the air that only comes after the rain. So, I took a country path alongside clopping horses and backpacked amblers to arrive in this beautiful place. David was kind thoughtful and grounded. He lived here in the wilderness, growing plants for soothing ointments and sleepy teas. He told me how little I knew about what the plants I grew up with had to offer, and how much we could provide for ourselves with time and gentle work. He started by pointing out to me a jagged bush of nettles, the humble nettle which we despised as children, which stung us as we rolled through the grass and sent us hunting for a dock leaf to rub upon ourselves to soothe the sting. The imposing and unruly, seemingly spiteful plant can actually offer us unlimited good through its nutrients should we take the care to eliminate its spines and cook it up or brew it into tea as our ancestors used to. He showed me blooming elderberries hanging like droplets of snow from a blooming tree. We dug our hands into the soil and pulled up horseradish root inhaling its strong scent. He showed me dainty, edible purple flowers that could be scattered across your dish should you be trying to impress your dinner guests. He showed me beautiful white chamomile flowers and explained their gentle, soothing properties. And finally, he told me about lavender and its peaceful aroma.
which gently soothes us to sleep, dreaming of endless fields of purple. <laughs>